Hello and welcome back to Who Cares Now. Welcome back as if like we've came back for a commercial break, but hello. <laughs> uh, I am James, your magnificent host to the second episode of our newly rebranded show. I'm joined by Kieran hello, that's and me. Tyler hello. from the Total Verdict podcast, which I now have to say every single time they're on because now they're a separate entity and they live alone. And we're also joined by the magnificent James Jarvis hello. from James Jarvis Music. Good day. Would you would you Did just you yourself as James Jarvis Music or like like as you know that's my full name? Yeah, music your had it changed, <laughs> your yeah. legal son name Jarvis, Jarvis is, is now my middle name. Yes, James Jarvis Music. That's what it says. Mr. Music. Yes, that's <laughs> how I'm addressed in the mail. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> fan mail address to Mr. Music, Mr. Music? <laughs> like, oh, the music man is here, uh, and how quaint because we're going to be talking about music soundtracks, the sound of music, the sound, specifically the sound <laughs> of music. <laughs> Um, scores, things like that, the stuff that makes every film and TV show just just a that d- little bit more. To clarify for Tyler, when we say scores, we mean music, not like the Arsenal game. Huh. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah, there's lots of great laddish chat when that's when Tyler's here because Tyler loves football. Yeah, because I, I I always seem to talk about it in these podcasts. If you listen through, it, I just can't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you were just saying this so well that if you take the first letter of every word, it makes a football related yeah. sentence. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you've yeah. just got that good at it. I know. So it's incredible because we have James here and because James was on the last one we didn't really get to know James all we found out about James was that James was a massive Doctor Who fan <laughs> I, I've actually never seen the show <laughs> that was all that I was all, it all that was all just Wikipedia yeah. memory I had well, it like, yeah <laughs> my phone under the table David Tennant <laughs> Chris Chibnall <laughs> Jodie Whittaker like yes but uh, this episode is all about you really okay because scoring and that kind of thing is completely your bag. So it's what I'm trying to do. Trying to do. Yes. It's totally your bag. You've got this. Well, we, well, so far, I think we're doing all right. You, you guys, well, I worked on a film with James and I worked, Tyler, you directed it, didn't you? Yeah. And that was fun. That was my first project I've done, well, that's been released um independently that oh. hasn't just been my own work stuck on youtube or something like that that was interesting so i can officially call myself a film composer now wow we own him now <laughs> <laughs> we own you <laughs> <laughs> oh wonderful i didn't know that i didn't know that, that it was w- well released anyway there's a few other things i've done that might get released might not who knows oh, i just o- that's ominous i just i just f- throw music at people and see See what happens. Just make sure they're not shots. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, you you wow. you heal from Leeds. I am yes. I am. <laughs> I, I am hail from Leeds. <laughs> we just find English. Does <laughs> <laughs> that answer your question? So you heal from Leeds. And music do good for ears. <laughs> I st- I study music. Yeah. Cut me a, cut me some slack. <laughs> yeah, okay, so you study music. What is it about music that made you want to study it? Because I can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's pretty much what it is. It was in high school. I wanted to, I did drama for, for a while, and I really enjoyed it. I just wasn't very good at it. So I needed to make, like, a, a decision very quickly. Am I going to continue doing this or do something else? 
um and i clearly i decided not to in halfway through high school i started I, I picked music as a gcse even though i'd never really had much of an interest in doing music before and sorry uh, this is starting to sound like high school musical yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i played basketball <laughs> no i haven't actually seen it um anyway so i so yeah, there was that and i also um there were two things i was pretty good at it was music and maths and i enjoyed music and didn't well i didn't really enjoy maths and I, I made the decision to continue doing music i didn't actually grow up listening to film scores or anything i just got told that was what my music sounded like so like, okay um i'll go with that and at the same time as we've previously discovered i was a big doctor who fan at the time and i um was very drawn into the music for that show um and all things just sort of combined together really um so people say oh your music sounds like film music and i was like cool and i was listening to doctor who music so then i kind of um started to go with that um in sixth form i set up a youtube channel and what i do is i would write my own themes for characters mostly from doctor who um and other things as well and that did really well for me um I was actually quite surprised how well some of them have done and the ones that have took off the most um, appeared to be the ones I dislike the most, which is kind of unfortunate because I would delete them otherwise, but I also want to show off um, and I can't do both. So um, then I just went with it and eventually I realized, well, if I'm going to be writing this sort of music and go anywhere with it, I'm going to have to learn how to write for film. And that was so hard to get my head around at first. And that was... A, a real wall to get over because it's so difficult when you're writing music mostly um in most genres of music any other area that you study music it, when you're composing it's you put yourself in the music you write what you like and you know you're effectively the director of that composition and your say is final and it's a completely different mentality because then you become the cog in someone else's machine and you sort of need to learn to distance yourself from um the music to some extent um and that, so that took some time and um, learning that you can write the greatest piece of music ever you know but if it doesn't work with a film it's a complete waste of time so and that was a real big learning curve in my first year at uni is that I, I, you know, you come out of high school, you go, oh, you're great in that. And you go to uni and, um, you know, the grades weren't really showing that. And I, it, it bothered me for a bit. And I, I did speak to some, you know, lecturers and they were like, well, your music's great, but, you know, it didn't really connect with the film. And that was, I think, the biggest learning curve I've come over over the past few years. And that's what I've hammered in, really, is that I felt like I've been able to write music for a while, but the real difficult part is going right stop showing off you know stop being like okay look at what i can do and trying to impress people just make it work for the film and tell the story don't get in the way but also don't you know stay too distant it's, it, it was difficult um and i'm kind of happy with where i am but you know there's still plenty of places to go and i'm just starting that now yeah you say <clears throat> about like you know trick you know um university and stuff you mm -hmm. know making uh, music there and everything do you find that when it comes to coming up with your own potential scores and whatnot you sort of like grade wise you sort of need that validation or is it you do you completely think no i, I know this is right i know i you know i know i've got the hang of this it's it's, it's somewhat of a balance so 
I I know very well what certain lecturers at my at, like at the so at the College of Music will will want and what some won't want. I know someone who is very minimalistic in his films and he would want less music. And I know if someone else was to mark my music, they would want as you know me to fill it wall to wall if I could. You know, not for the sake of it. So for that reason, but you know there is that to it. You know. I have to realize who am I working with, but that's also quite useful because that's like working with a director that could, you know, if I know what the director wants and I, you know, in a similar way to my assessors, how, what would impress them, then I will play to their interests. Again, it's, it's a similar sort of thing is like trying to disconnect yourself from the music to some extent. You know, I would score some films in a completely different way, but it would never get used because the director would never want that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's always tricky. I mean, <clears throat> um, we're all university students, and I think we had the same issue, you know, where we we want to make things, and it always has to be like, well, this isn't what we want, and it's like, well, good for fucking you. I'm, pay- I'm not paying for the privilege to give you what you yeah. want. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But I can see that, like where you would have to... I, I see the I see the balance of it be, be, being the, the struggling artist maybe where you're like this is what I make and it, it just has to be good enough mm-hmm. and you have to accept that but at the same time you have to learn that you know when you are part of a bigger production um you 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 you're not just an independent entity you you're, you're a cog in a machine film like, music is very unique like that and it's as part of the film production process as any part as it comes to you know cinematography special effects you know they're not there for you know like special effects is a good comparison they're not there to show off how good they can create you know a a certain cgi sequence you know how impressive they can create that they've got to do that whilst balancing what serves the film and it's the same thing with the music You, you know you can't I can't just storm into, you know, a, a, a moody ITV drama about, you know, murder with a big orchestra, you know, and showing how well I can orchestrate things for, you know, really loud music, you know, you know, um, and that's, again, that was, I think that's been the biggest learning curve with it. And, you know, something I feel quite confident that I'm able to do now, but it, it took a long time. It, and I think a lot of people who are starting to get into film music that is something that that most people do struggle with and it frustrates them because you know it's they feel like they're writing great music and most of the time they are it's just it's 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 difficult i find i find i I find it fascinating to see like um I, i think you don't always realize the impact something like a score will have on a film if especially if you're not someone who sort of takes it apart it's like you know we all delve into the um area of film and tv and stuff and um so you know we'll we will take things apart naturally but i think if you're just an average viewer you might not necessarily look at something and think wow this music makes it so different but the film we done that you scored when you watch it without the music there you know it's i I can i can vouch for that as an audience like i saw it before the music was added yeah and then the next day saw it with the music added and it was such a difference. Yeah, it I just it fits in right. I honestly still think one of the funniest moments that ever occurred for that was when Tyler says to me, because I had phone number, I said, oh, what did Kieran think about the film? Because uh, he'd asked if I could show, if you could show me. And I said, yeah, yeah, sure. And I said, what did Kieran think? And he, 
And he was like, okay, yeah, yeah, right. He said, there was a few things. So I, then I was on the phone to Kieran. And I was like, Kieran, what is the, uh, <laughs> like, what's the issue? Because me getting personal about my, my work happens quite a lot. <laughs> and I'll defend it until I die. Uh, but <laughs> Kieran, Kieran was like, I just felt there was a lot of long pauses mm. and there was no audio reference to push it for and I was like Kieran you know there's going to be a score don't you and then <laughs> and he's like oh yeah cool cool like same it when the score goes hey oh, hold on hold on no don't do that don't pass this <laughs> on to me I thought no I didn't say this at the beginning because I was waiting for you to mention it at the end it was the fact that this cunt told no. me that the music was added he no, literally no I, no, I didn't outright, no, no, listen, 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 he listen, said, listen listen he listen, said listen, 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 I will talk listen. louder than you he said listen he said <laughs> Do, do you want to hear... It just becomes a shouting contest eventually. He said, do you want to see the final product with the music? Yes. Okay. I watched it. Then that happened. And then it turns out it wasn't with the music on. All I was going to say that, <laughs> was that I didn't outrightly say, this is it with the music. Do I, you I'll want to watch the film with the I, music I added? I, I didn't say that. But Should I get the text oh. and put this on a clip on YouTube <laughs> to show that it actually happened? I have, I have a friend who records most of their conversations Mate, because of this problem. You should, you should start doing like, that. No, the thing is, I'll absolutely take the rap for it. I was in like the last week of the production. I wanted to die. Oh, absolutely. But Why? I was just saying, you, you, you enjoyed it? What were you yeah, stressed about? It, it, it was a stressful experience. Stress. <laughs> so yeah, don't go passing the buck on to me. Okay, on I won't fully pass the buck on to you. But then I remember phoning Tyler back after that. And I was <gasps> like, Tyler, this fucking idiot didn't think there was a score? Yeah. <laughs> and then you were like ha 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 banter and then we hung up the phone and yeah. then you seen the version eventually with the score and uh, you enjoyed it yeah i remember um i remember when me and james were talking about it and cameron was like oh we should you know have this and i was kind of passing messages through and then i got to the point where cameron was like how about you just message him yourself <laughs> like <laughs> you've met him i can't keep taking all these things but we were discussing it and stuff like that you never I did <laughs> that's Cameron. <laughs> I give you Cameron. <laughs> like it was, it was. I we had to do this contract thing, and I ended up putting you on the contract as the director because I honestly thought you were. Well, you know what I thought you were doing. What Cameron was doing. I prefer the term handler. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you told me I had to re, re reach it, to change it to li liaison. Or something like I that, just said because yeah. you liaised with me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but but I was like, oh, Cameron okay. was pr technically producer and Tyler was technically yeah, director. Uh, and then you sent it to me, which changed, and there were still some things that needed to be changed. But I changed them myself because mm. I was pedantic. Um, but yeah, like when you know when when we were working on that specifically, that it, it was just quite interesting because you you knew nothing about the music yeah and i honestly wish and in hindsight i probably should have said this is what i think but anytime we got anything for james like it was sent to you yeah you, yeah. you always like to yeah that. that's the thing like it's as i said like while the average viewer might not necessarily see the impact when i look at something like our film prior to you actually putting the score in there i you know m my head when it comes to scores my head doesn't have the thing to instantly fit it in like oh this sound great but then when i got sent the cut you know, with the score in, I was just like, yes. <laughs> I was like, this is it. So, like, yeah. it, it it's crazy it's like, how much of a difference it makes. I was like, going to say, I yeah. would pay good money to watch something like Infinity War without a score. It would turn it would into a comedy. The, it wouldn't be the same. It yeah. would be a comedy. It would be awkward. Very awkward. Um, working at the College of Music, they have access to a number of TV shows without scores. And so for assignments, we have to do our own music on it. Um, and just watching them, it, the awkward is the best word to describe it because a lot of the times you've seen them as well. And you just, 
you you imagine you imagining what you expect and you realize how much emotion sometimes is is presented in the music and i think that's the biggest thing is um it's like someone described it as the subtitles telling you how to feel Mm. so you know it's like if there was no music on a screen it'd say at this point you should feel scared or a little bit worried for the character but that's not going to work so you you're almost manipulating people because when you so if you're watching a horror film and you're watching someone in a car driving down a dark road that person in that position is going to be terrified because they are in that car and you know um you know it's there's probably like a murder on the loose right or whatever but as an audience member you're safe like you have no emotional connection to this situation you're just watching it so what the music does it, it bridges that gap it put it puts you in the atmosphere it, it it communicates the emotions of that character and that's what i find most interesting in film music is um that's why i started doing character themes and things like that because i f- i find that area the most interesting so you're making a making a piece of music to suit a specific character. Do you know, do you know what mm-hmm. I love? This is this is what one of our modules next year is on. How things affect an emotion. Oh, it, yeah. It's it, you know it's essentially how can like a variation of like, semiotics, but it's music for an example. How can that convey emotions? How can that cause emotions? How yeah. Well, I mean, it's exactly that. I That's mean, I think incredible. <clears throat> when when we sent you the the cut of the film specifically, where with no music, I was like, I wonder if I need to explain to him, like you know what's happening in each scene but then i was like nah he'll know <laughs> he'll just know i mean it's pretty obvious what's happening and do you know every so i had to watch cameron edit it which was the funniest fucking thing because cameron edits weirdly he's a master at it but he edits in such a way and he was doing the sound effects for the nail going through the hand and then i was just sort of like because i watched it so much it just became normal and then i heard it with the music and i was like that sounds really strange <laughs> because the music just took over yeah um uh but we you know obviously we like the music in the end and we stuck with it i think i think when you take music in the context of anything so let's pick something completely out of nowhere um something that isn't doctor who tarzan what tarzan there are multiple versions of Tarzan. okay um okay uh jumanji 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 the old one or the new one the new one no uh, the space version of Jumanji. Zathura. Zathura. Tyler, take the stage. <laughs> Zathura? You did? He agreed? No, I just filled in your <coughs> gap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know Zathura. I don't. You've seen Zathura? No, I haven't. Yes, you have with the kids from uh, the Hunger hell. Games. Right. Okay, fine. Something random. Something random completely off the bat. Okay, Braveheart. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> Let's look at the music of Braveheart then when we've got a <laughs> Scotsman in the room. Now, I will say one thing about Braveheart, and I'm being genuinely serious. The music in Braveheart is actually very, very good. Oddly enough, for the for the setting that it's in, for the time period that it's in, and its use of bagpipes is slightly less annoying than average. <laughs> so, the, I remember, I always remember the scene when William Wallace is getting, like, fucking murdered, like, at the end. And how the music all plays into that and stuff like that. Have you seen it? No, I've not seen Braveheart. <laughs> it's... It almost I'm, I'm aware of um, like the main theme in it though. The word yeah. freedom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that he doesn't get murdered, he gets murdered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you fucking cunt, all of you. Um, I don't know what to say. I'm so uh, proud I caused this. This is the only time you'll ever get to do this to me. <laughs> like, Fine, okay, let's do. Okay, um, let's look at the Avengers. 
Yeah. Let's look at the Avengers. Everybody knows. Mm -hmm. Can you can you imagine if there was no music in that? Look at I am inevitable. It's awkward. It is. Yeah. You need something there. Do you know what's brilliant as well? Speaking about the Avengers in Infinity War, because we're so accustomed to music in those films, what was really good is that the first snap with Thanos is deadly silent. Yeah, it's and inverted it, and all expectations. Yeah, and, and just but the, it. the thing that enhanced that was the lack of music. Yeah. There wasn't like a a theme or, you know, some dark music to show that the villain had won. It was just like you Nothing. know and that's another thing is like I was talking about like how it has you know, it's, it communicates emotions. But also you need to learn when to give the actors just time to go off on one, yeah. you know? And for example, so some of the, they do have um, some broad church and there are scenes where, you know, David, ha- David Tennant is just purely acting and to stick music over it would not sometimes kill the scene, but also be like, a bit melodramatic and a it would bit over the top it. yeah yeah and you do have to place it quite well and sometimes because like you were saying about you know where does the emotion come from it's not always the music it does do a good job of that but also you sometimes you need to learn when to step out and let the film speak for itself yeah no absolutely i mean i think buffy the vampire slayer had, I love an, buffy. had an incredible moment when her mum died and there was nothing. Mm-hmm. It was just dead It's a perfect silence. example, yeah. And that... Scrubs did that a few times as well. well yeah, just it's, drop it. it's just... I, I, I love the idea of, like, you know, you can build up any death in any show and there can always be music. But when you take away a character people love, not having music, it's painful. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like the colour is coming out of them. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like you almost expect it and then it's not there and Buffy's a prime example of that it represents that emptiness yeah that's what it does you know something's missing and it does that so perfectly yeah definitely so like you know we're good to know James a bit and we kind of mentioned a few things there but do any of you have any particular shows or films that have like standout scores some like the music that makes See, it scores I don't feel I'm in a position to comment on stuff like that my like because I'm here and we'll shoot you down. It, it's no, not, it's not even that. Like, I just, I just, I uh, like. I think. I think I, I, I had a great score. You're wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, when it comes to like, part of my ADHD remains, and I struggle to comprehend both at the same time. I can't watch a film and then think about the music as a separate entity, kind of thing. But have you never listened to the music separately? Like honestly, I haven't. I don't do that often. Like I, I've done it. For, that's what I was about to say. When you go into something like soundtracks, yes. Like well, when we people can talk put, about soundtracks mm, as well. I yeah. think. But like, scores, no, I, I haven't really gone back and listened to anything separately. Okay, well, we can we can go into soundtracks as well. Soundtracks is probably the easy entry. Sure. So soundtracks obviously being original music, general music that took place within the film. What, what film would you... Uh, so th- four that I'm into straight off the bat that come straight to mind. Uh, four. four. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was what you were saying. <laughs> okay. like, Very specific four. Right, okay, uh, would go. you prefer three or five? I, w- I mean, I think he was thinking one. But I was thinking one. But, you know. let's, point one. let's do three. Okay. Uh, Deadpool 2. So that's like um, DMX. Air Supply, all that. Yeah, okay. Um, probably Baby Driver. Baby Driver is a very good example. And I'm, I'm, there is one that I want to say, but I think Tyler's probably going to say it. So I'm going to move away from it and say Shaun of the Dead. Oh, that's a good answer. Mm, right. Mm. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead is 
I think all of Edgar Wright's films have really good. Yeah, yeah he did Baby Driver as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, music's a big, big thing for Edgar Wright, and it's, it does depend on the director. You'll get directors like you know Christopher Nolan who are very score heavy, mm-hmm. and then you'll get like you know your Edgar Wrights and stuff who prefer act, like the score is there, but the the main music like the music in our world should we say is yeah. more relevant and prominent so Tyler what would you say in terms of soundtracks I want to see if the one well, that I thought yeah you were I don't say know which one you think I was Guardians say. oh no I wasn't gonna say Guardians oh were you not no. okay yeah Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> that's four Nurkey and you're fucking fine he got, the the four. The he got the four that he wanted <laughs> <laughs> no I um see see for me I think it's like I couldn't completely appreciate a score and stuff but i like you know in in the hopes of you know um like directing films and whatnot in the future i like music to me is um is such a big part of everything like i would listen to music almost all the time you know if like if i have headphones and i'm listening to music and that's why i feel like a a soundtrack what um, else are you going to be doing if you've got headphones on there's like podcasts (laughs) podcasts podcast yeah fair. i listen to podcasts more than i do music so like i get that like it doesn't have to be musical um, so like I so if i it. take a film like um warm bodies for example okay. warm bodies uh that's where like i look at a film and think oh, it's a great film but it's also the the songs put it together and that's because of my interest in those songs individually i i, I like i have so many songs where i think i want to put that in a film one day you know that's how i see it so then when you have um warm bodies using uh music from like a uh, Bonnevere or Bon Iver or whatever you want to call them and uh, the Bang. National <laughs> Bonnie it's Bonnie Bonnie, um, Bonnie. the National and um, uh, you know I, I think it's fantastic I think it's amazing the way that uh, certain songs can carry um, a film or TV show again to an example that the um, recent example is Afterlife Ricky Gervais Afterlife the songs that he chose in that like choosing um, Nick Cave music Lou Reed you know depressing music yeah like they, they're but but and they all carry a certain um je ne sais quoi they, <laughs> the fine wine they, they all carry a certain uh meaning to them like you know it wants to it wants to create the um semantics of this film to have a certain meaning towards the audience and the person creating it you know he's obviously chosen it carefully I mean, I also think that like, soundtrack music is always good if you want the audience to feel like this is happening in their world right now. Yeah. Like, uh, it almost makes you feel more invested because they, it's it's like you have the same things, you have the same connection, you know, you have that music. And I think, like, so, like, look at the very famous scene in Shaun of the Dead, the Don't Stop Me Now scene. Yeah. Like, when you watch that, you're like, oh, I know that song, and you drive along to it. And then you kind of like to think that if you were in that situation you would be having just as much fun. Yeah, like, there's, I mean? there's, some, there's something very real about it, and that's why, um, you know, like, going back to the one example I've given in Warm Bodies, it bounces from things like Bruce Springsteen, Hungry Heart, you know, you got your upbeat music, you're almost, not comedic, but in the scene, you know, it's all quite funny and stuff, especially if you know the concept of Warm Bodies. James, is it is it diegetic when... It's the, in it, the film, yeah. Yeah, so it's... In, so it's Di- all yeah, like, diegetic so, yeah. is so it's, when it's taking place in the film. Yeah, so it's when it's borderline diegetic in the sense that you can imagine that it's actually there no it's non-diegetic if it's no not, no i mean when it's there. not there it's non-diegetic but i think what you guys are explaining sounds like borderline diegetic where it's like you can imagine what, where it is there if the character's listening to it it's diegetic. oh what, what i get what you mean that it 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 would make sense if that music was playing yeah. in the film yeah but even though it's not but you hear it over a scene yeah i, 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 do, I see what you mean yeah 
I think it goes the opposite way though. So um, one example that always stands out to me, or I say always recently, uh, the first Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, where I want to be uh, sedated by um, the Ramones is playing, okay. and um, on the word sedated, Ned gets shot in the neck and sedated. I think that's just. Put it, it's the complete opposite. I mean, I feel it's that. become quite a trend in trailers. Yeah. I think it's dying out a little bit, but you went around Guardians, you know, it really became quite trendy to do it. Um, I, I feel like it's just clever editing, though. Like, I feel like it's. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's I like mean, it's the opposite of what you guys were explaining. Yeah. Where it's, it's very clearly external from the film, but it's used as a tool still. Yeah. I mean, music has always a tool for it. I, I, I do get what you mean, yeah. It's it's, it's just about... I, I never steer away from diegetic, non-diegetic. When I try to think of what's in the middle, like, that's just not... <laughs> no. Oh well, I think a, um, a good example of something that's quite in the middle, and I think it explains it quite well, is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm. Yeah. So you do have diegetic music. He listened to Post Malone at the beginning. But the score is a blend of orchestral music and hip hop um, in the instrumentation and the way it's written. I, I, I'm really interested in that score, a lot more than I thought it would be. Um, and the composer, I can't remember who it is actually, uh, but he's documented it quite well, how he got all the sounds um, and created them to create this world. And it also made this new Spider-Man very unique because yes he had that heroic theme but it had like that you know beat to it as well that you had personality yeah that that referenced him and i think that's you're in between like they're using that hip-hop template to represent the character that you know he would listen to and he has listened to that sort of music in the film i think baby driver does that well as well i've not seen the film have you not no it's incredible why, and so many Did you people, not like the look of the film, James? I've just not watched it. So many people haven't seen Baby Driver. I don't think it was like a particular film that a lot of people were like sat there going, I need to see this. I, like, I was because it's, it's, like, it's like the kind of film that I would, but not everybody was sitting there going, mm, I mean, it's not popular. I think they, they do, the, them, they do it, a mix well in that like, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll have one scene where, you know, Baby's got his earphones in and he'll be listening to a song. And then yeah. he'll take his earphones out. The scene will carry on, and that music will continue to play. Yeah, and it kind of mixes the two areas very well. It wor- It works quite well in um, as a scene in Birdman, where the the score to that is mostly just percussion, and he, it's all one shot as well. And he's walking outside, and then on the street, you just see like um, uh, someone on the street just playing like percussion, and it and it, and it throws you off a little bit. But then you're like. You know, it makes sense why this is the score because of where it's set and it, you know, it's creating the world around him. But I would even say, um, going back to what you're saying about how, for you personally, like this, the soundtracks speak more to you, and you know, a, a, that does make a lot of sense, really, because you know, a lot of people are, th- these days, people are probably listening to music a lot more than they ever had. It's so much more accessible with streaming services as well and internet you can just listen to music constantly um so that does make a lot of sense but even it, most of the time you will still have a score to those yeah, films yeah. and again that not necessarily iconic scores that stick with you um but you know it, it's still something you will need to have in the film and that's and it's like what you were saying most people don't even notice it and there's an argument that they are the best scores yeah you know when 
it's like it's, yeah it's like the best edit and it's the edit and you don't notice exactly it's the yeah. same mentality it's like if the music's there and it's making you cry but you don't realize that it's the music that's doing that then you know that's when the score's working at its best that's and, really and meta another marvel example being black panther because mm-hmm. black panther has a you know like the, the fight yeah. scenes wouldn't make sense if it was just dead silent but it has what's become quite an iconic soundtrack with the lights of kendrick lamar on there and um i think i think black panther is actually a good example of something that achieves both so well yep. you know obviously it's down to personal taste but um you know if you're into rap music you're gonna think you're gonna listen to the black panther soundtrack we can't deny that fantastic that even if your taste isn't in it that it's it was a very successful soundtrack yeah um you know as far as i'm aware it's not my area but i some of them were successful singles as yeah, well that yeah. charted well so it's you know it it does it it's a good way of marketing a film as well i mean with black pan with black panther represented to a lot of people particularly in commercial cinema was this was the first time that a lot of you know black people were seeing a black superhero as a, in a summer blockbuster yeah. that was a huge deal so of course when they were making it they were like we have to we have to take this further we have to make sure that everybody knows that if this is associated with this film it's associated with this sure. film mm-hmm. um so yeah they they, they, they made the art they, they made the album they got everybody and their nan involved and then everybody was just everything just kind of came together for it mm-hmm. black panther isn't just like like the first major black superhero to appear in his own film to me he, you know he is the black panther is the very essence of what black culture is you know in a more sophisticated way you know because it showed like wakandans as being the most advanced race on the planet yeah. which had never really been done before it was like sh- it was like showcasing that in a different way i think while like- taking those like hip-hop sort of rap norms with it and i thought that really helped it but again like black panther's score and music is just like i I think it's genuinely unparalleled i think it's one of the best marvel have ever put it something that very underratedly came close was uh, luke cage's netflix series yeah because they 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 got independent artists in to perform live and Mm. stuff like that and that really kind of helped you feel like you were in that club Mm -hmm. you know because it would fill the room yeah like the the sound from it had such a good mix from uh, i think the two main things that they focused on was hip-hop and jazz yeah yeah, yeah. the the, the main villain he was obsessed with uh biggie smalls wasn't he Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 tyler (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but i think i think that's what music does so well like you know you have your representation of the characters in black panther and everything but also with the music you can still carry that representation you know um you know there's so many films yeah if if you heard tupac in groundhog day you're gonna you know you, you, you're gonna be <laughs> yeah. surprised because that, that's the kind Funnily of thing enough you're not gonna forget it <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of thing that they'll steer away from but now you find it more so like um the spider-verse film uh, you know, uh, you said about Swaby. Post Malone. Yeah, uh, you have when he goes into his uncle ho- uncle's house and he's playing hypnotized by uh, Biggie, and you, you know they really are carrying that representation across, and that's just through the music. As much as we may say, oh, you know, they've got these black actors and stuff, which is fantastic. There's there's so many more ways that they yeah. achieve that. Oh yeah, but it, it, the the most the thing it does most successfully is represent that character in the music. Um, you know, without him outright saying oh i i listen to hip-hop music or whatever you know you just sort of you learn the character and the music is how you do that as well um 
there's there are times when it also doesn't go too well and you can tell it's done very cheaply and, and suicide squad's an example of that where dc were in some sort of crisis of right well Faith. Like, <laughs> their god had abandoned well them, like. yeah su- uh, not su- uh, batman v superman hadn't done what they expected it to do and it was like guardians of the galaxy had come out quite recently as a big team up of you know people thrown together and they were like okay let's go more for that and you know they were just they went for the music and the soundtrack for that and that worked as a marketing thing um the songs did quite well and there are songs that are from that soundtrack that still remind me of suicide squad but it didn't work for the film and you know a lot of things didn't work for that film in my opinion uh <laughs> so you know it can become quite cheap at times so as long as it's again like i was saying for all music for film the first thing it's got to do is serve the film um and then everything else comes after i can imagine that's a really difficult process overall and like especially with much larger films you know what 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 exactly would the process be on such a big film like at the moment and it's most people are very much against it but I, I, I'm i not really too much of a fan of it, but um, directors have become obsessed with the temp track, uh, temp score, and what they'll do is they'll edit a film with snippets of scores from other films and fill okay. it and say, we want you to do this. And the argument is is that you're not getting a true vision from the composer in that. And also, you know, all film music started to sound quite similar because they're all just replicating the same thing over and over again. An example is Hans Zimmer. Um, after he did the Dark Knight trilogy, he did that with James Newton Howard as well. But um, who should get more credit for it? Um, I think the the reason that score those scores were so successful is both of them working together. But Hans Zimmer came back and did um, Batman v Superman with Junkie XL. And I mean, I think one on that, I was it. If there was only one saving grace for it, it probably was the soundtrack that it had. Well, in terms of like for, the for, newer for, stuff, it, it's, it, it comes with context. For me, th- the problem with that film was it was f- completely tempted, apparently, um, according to Hans Zimmer, that with a, the Dark Knight music, and it would just do that again. And he, if you watch interviews, you watch interviews with Junkie XL and Hans Zimmer talking about uh, the score and the process. You can see Junkie XL is so excited, ready to do his Batman film, and Hans Zimmer's like, "Yeah, doing another Batman film," you know, like <laughs> he's like so sick of it at that point. And for me, you can tell it in the score, like, yeah, it, it works. I'm not saying it was bad music, but it wasn't anything particularly impressive. And that 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 goes for me with Hans Zimmer quite recently is he's he's a great composer and he's done some of the greatest film scores and you know some amazing music but in the past 10 years or so apart from the odd film it's become a regurgitation of the same score over and over again was it Hans Zimmer that directly made the Wonder Woman theme song because that's the yep. thing that people that always stood associate. Out. That's that that was one of the standouts for that score. Like cuz everybody was sort of like whoa that is like like she's here <laughs> like do you know what I mean anybody who was watching that you've been you've sat through right what has been an absolute slog of a film to get through but then that happens and it just happens like out of nowhere mm. like and she appears and the music comes and you're just like okay this is a different film now yeah like, but that sounds this is the Wonder Woman show completely unique as well it stood out for a reason the rest was 
Hans Zimmer trademark over again with Chunky XL sort of throwing him himself into it. And he's very similar to Hans Zimmer as a composer. That's going back to The Dark Knight. The reason Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard worked well so together is they were very different composers. And that won't always work. Um, coming together to create something unique that they couldn't do on their own. Where Junkie XL and Hans Zimmer are very similar in their styles of music. Um, and it did just become a regurgitation of what you expect from Hans Zimmer. A lot of people would be very mad by that. Hans Zimmer has his diehard fans, but he also has his diehard haters, and I sort of in the middle somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you just like, I, I'll see both sides. So, uh, in terms of soundtracks for you, what stands it? Talking you? about um, music in films, yes. songs. See, it's, it, I probably am on the flip side of you guys, whereas I have constantly listen to scores and the music in films songs haven't stood out to me as much if anything it was guardians of the galaxy that really stood out for me um but just off the top of my head um i, I was gonna say 2001 i don't know if that counts a space mm. holiday yeah that counts 100 percent. that's a fucking sick film but the the the, the, the no but no I, not the <laughs> film i mean the soundtrack isn't a score it's classical music that they've scored it with so well, they're all yeah, like yeah that but that's that, that's, that's what we meant by soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yes. Like, do you know? Do you know? There's a funny story with that film. Is that it did have a score, and they had um they had a composer in for it, and oh god, who directed 2001? Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Title which I didn't rip your fucking. How fucking dare you? Um, Kubrick didn't die for your shit. <laughs> if, if you listen really closely, you can hear how that was said with like <laughs> It was honestly, <laughs> tie, I, I honestly felt like I heard that it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you. I don't know if you know the story, but um, there was a score, and Kubrick he hated it. He absolutely hated it, but he didn't tell him. And there was a premiere, and he. I don't know the composer, but I feel like I'm all right with that because, you know, I think this was the end of his career as far as I'm aware. He um, he went to the premiere, didn't know that the score had been changed. Oh. And it, the the moment he realised they had changed it to all classical music was at the premiere, sat in the cinema, and that none of his music was in the film. Wow. Wow. How how can Ooh, you imagine it? what that must be like? On the red carpet, like, oh, talking, telling all your friends, oh, yeah. Getting the cinema all gone. Stanley Kubrick is such a prick. Like, you know, oh yeah, Stanley Kubrick being a dick is not a you know. Stanley best Kubrick kept being secret. a dick to people is like my aesthetic. I love it. <laughs> like I just, it's just like, to be fair, like I just like you know, he just walks into the room and he's got this big dick energy because he's like Stanley fucking Kubrick. But he can't bring himself to tell the poor man. By the way, <laughs> like I didn't like your score. <laughs> like so maybe you just I mean you can still turn that, but just kind of be unseen. Like do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I. Again, it's not something that's particularly ever stood out to me. So, that's like my cheat answer. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> like, um, I mean, for me, like, you, you know, you're probably talking about the, the second Guardians soundtrack. To be honest, I really like the second one. I think Guardians Two has a better soundtrack. Ga the Guardians Two soundtrack wipes the floor with the first one which is Guardians great, 1 is a better film but Guardians 2 has a better soundtrack <laughs> okay we won't get in it but um, the Guardians 2 soundtrack is just like it just confirms that his mum had bitching taste like in music <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean like that was, that was what that was um, so did Baby Group 
bless. <laughs> but the the sound, as I say, soundtracks in terms to me, like, I, I, I'm kind of the opposite as well, whereas I don't remember soundtracks as such. Like, you know, so like the Guardian soundtrack, I can't tell you every song. Uh, that's okay, on yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, like, I, like, I can't remember every song, but I think no, but, that, it's but, standouts. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, the Guardians one, yeah, definitely that's up there. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, Does that count? Does that count? Cause yeah, that yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah. So this whole like, does this count? Computer like, what I like, I like, like what I like, do we count as like? What are we asking? Does it count? Well, off? this is soundtrack. So this is stuff that's like original music, and then we'll go into scores, which is like original scores. No, uh, so, so I'd say like um, if you're gonna uh, yeah, because so a good way to describe scores is it's music original music written for that film. Whereas um, soundtracks is selected uh, like music. Yeah, sometimes you get songs written for the films. Oh, I'd say songs is a better way to describe a soundtrack. I suppose you've got original score, soundtrack, and original soundtrack. Yeah, I wouldn't get too caught up on the names because they don't. There doesn't seem to be consistency as far as I'm aware. You get original soundtrack, original motion picture soundtrack. Uh, Motion picture soundtrack. Yeah, there's, 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 they have music. Have maybe, maybe there is something behind it, but as far as I'm aware, it's just whatever sounds best for. Well, that. in terms of <laughs> songs you might see on MTV. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, got MTV. I am old. Like, <laughs> I am old man. I'll tell you what had a good soundtrack that was a shit film. Daddy Daycare. I know it's so out of the blue, but it had a good what soundtrack. Was soundtrack. Uh, fucking oh god. Um. Oh, was it that good? <laughs> one that always no. I remember watching it, thinking the music goes around with the film. Doesn't mean I can sit here and remember all the songs, but I know. Um, what a specific thing to say, Daddy Daycare, and then not name any of the songs. No, Ramones today, it was a good one. Like kids are running around the house, going ape shit, trashing the place, and they're playing Ramones. I want right. to stay. So we got Walking on Sunshine, yeah. Katrina and the Waves. I want you back, Jackson Five, Coconut. Harry this Nelson. conversation is happening. Like I've just got one, Shrek. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's favorite yeah <laughs> everyone's favorite but it's if you talk about songs yeah <laughs> i mean to be fair i can just hit it with musicals i could hit it with repo the genetic Op- the rocky horror picture show Great those Shannon. can count the, no, no. <laughs> like, i'm one of any the, the television television <laughs> telefilm <laughs> don't do this to me kieran please but um like so i know how like Music, music is more your thing, not necessarily scores. But are there any films that have scores and original music that stand out to yourselves? Well, um, it, it often is. I know it's the obvious answer, but it often is. You know, you you blockbuster like Avengers films mm-hmm. and stuff because so much of it is hyped up around the, I would, the score behind it. I would argue then not to just generalize it to Avengers or Marvel films, like. But I would say that Doctor Strange has. One oh of the yeah, most unique great. Marvel okay. soundtrack yeah. because mm-hmm. when it doesn't want you to notice it, you don't notice it. But when it wants you to know that there's music there, it's so different enough. Yeah, like you get that. Is it baroque? That yeah, baroque-y... yeah, exactly. And it's um, like a harpsichord. And Giacchino did a really good job with that. And it, and it and it kind of, I don't think he did a very good job on. He did Spider-Man: Homecoming as well. I don't think he did a very good job on that. Uh, the 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 music doesn't really stand out to me now. I'm someone who has I I love music for almost all the Spider-Man films, even Hans Zimmer's Amazing Spider-Man Two score, which most people don't like. I, it doesn't work with a film, but I think some of the music on its own is pretty fun. Um, and and yeah, it just didn't work with me. And the problem with 
Jakino was when he did Doctor Strange, he was just focusing on that film. And then what happened was he had he had Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes, and Spider-Man: Homecoming coming out within two weeks of each other. And then at the very last minute, he was brought in before that to do Rogue One, uh, Star Wars Story, because that was originally uh, Alexander Desplat. And they got rid of him at the last minute. So Giacchino's just come in and done, had to live up to John Williams and replicate a Star Wars score, which even though it's not one of my favourite scores, I admire what he did. He, he did it in, a, I think, two or three weeks, um, which is impressive. And then just after that, went on to War for the Planet of the Apes, which is a decent score. And then Spider-Man. And it's just like, for Spider-Man, I feel like the music's so important for that character that it felt wrong that they just gave gave him a composer that clearly had to prioritize other things. Mm. Which is why when you listen to Doctor Strange, I love the score for that. And then I listen to the Homecoming score. And it's just like, I can't believe that this is the same guy. It's, it's good music. It's functional, but like it's not standout music, which is what I expect from Giacchino. I, I think he's a great composer. Yeah, I mean, Doctor Strange, like I think, is my favourite Marvel soundtrack in terms of like original scores and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does have that Baroque, that harpsichord stuff. Because I, I really like that. And you don't see that in films, but it, it just suited Doctor Strange yeah. like so perfectly. I would not have liked Doctor Strange as much if it just had like a typical superhero soundtrack if brian tyler scored it mm, <coughs> so guy. are you better uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> brian tyler became like um the staple marvel guy for a while he even wrote a theme for the marvel studios title now my thing with brian tyler is he's, uh, i know someone who would disagree with me on this but he's not like a bad composer per se he's just a very standard composer that doesn't seem to do anything imaginative if you listen to the score to i think th- that is like the the, the the politest way to call someone a lazy fucking bastard like, yeah. I don't well think I, I feel bad calling like i appreciate what he did like it takes a lot of effort to you know write a full orchestral score for a feature-length film but then that's his job like you can't praise someone too much if that's what they're expected to do but at the end of the day i i have an admiration for anyone that can do that but if you listen to Thor The Dark World and listen to Iron Man 3, the scores are practically the same thing. There's nothing that differentiates Thor's music to Iron Man's music. And that's boring to me. It's just generic superhero music. And then when they did Avengers Age of Ultron, they had um, Brian Tyler and Danny Elfman. And I love Danny Elfman. And it's so obvious watching that film when it's a piece of music by Danny Elfman because it sounds like Danny Elfman and when it's just generic superhero music brought to you by Brian Tyler. See, I find the whole, like you were saying about the lack of imagination, I find that um, to sort of translate it to the more visual side of it with um, like one set of films I absolutely love, the Harry Potter films, mm-hmm. but uh, David Yates, the director, like you, you had, he, like, I, th- I want to say he direct, uh, I think maybe Chris Columbus in the first one. And then Chris Columbus did one one and two. Oh, did it? And then yeah. you have David Yates, who's sort of the face of it, but Alfonso Corrant and the third one. The third one was the most imaginative with regards to the visuals, the direction of it, the things they'll do. Um, like when they have, when they use the time turner and they go back, the way they shoot, that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it's like obviously the Harry Potter films are great. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, we did it much better, but there is the lack of creativity. And it, 
I, I often get frustrated. Like I often have conversations with you about it. Like I'll find it really frustrating to see, you know, someone's been given, you know, they're on this podium where they get to uh, show the world, you know, their direction or just anything of their production. And it's, it's subpar. yeah, it's not even necessarily subpar, but simple. Like there's, there's, there, there's no um, ingenuity. There's no initiative being taken to try and do something different. And is that similar to what you yeah, feel? Yeah, that's, that? that's, it's exactly the same you know it works i can't say like i'm watching the film and i'm being distracted by brian yeah, tyler's yeah, music yeah. um it works uh, but you know it's the same thing it's like put your put your stamp on it and that's why i think you know the the doctor strange score works so well is because you can that is doctor strange character represented in the music going back to what i love about film scores is the ones that you can listen to that score back and it will you'll think about that character you know it paints that picture perfectly so what would you class as i know we've mentioned <laughs> batman versus superman what would you class as shit films with great scores star wars episode one. Ooh. <laughs> the I, it's my favorite star wars score i thought you were about to say film actually no, it's no, about no. to go off no i can't i do remember no, that's a good show. from the fight with um darth yeah. maul yeah oh yeah. duel of the fates is incredible yeah um duel of fates is that just good <laughs> that they kept reusing it <laughs> like. I, was say, I just know it is the music of like the darth maul fight yeah <laughs> but the, the the thing is the whole score is brilliantly done you know john williams coming back and just knocks it out of the park he did the prequels the one thing that's great about those films is the music and you know john williams Course. oh of course yeah um but we don't have time to go into no. that complex character i'll always remember the music over the pod race yeah that was great yeah i remember being invested as a, as a kid purely because of the music yeah and as well like the the theme for the droids in the in the in the battle um that that i can just didn't hear that in my head now it's it's it, that whole score's incredible but the film's pathetic or, um, um uh, attack of the clones <laughs> when the clones are um they're marching in sync with the music mm-hmm. i'll always remember that yeah there's something very very pleasing when something goes in time to the music and there's always something very that's why i'll always refer to the um the intro credits from baby driver always like everything's so in sync yeah i mean that that's that's fine i mean you get a lot of films that have done it like i think baby driver is just a most recent example yeah. of it like i mean you could argue that the introduction to Shaun of the dead you know when it has ghost town playing yeah um that does that's the same it just does it differently like it's just something very pleasing about things happening in time yeah. of the music but then some people like to like go oh well, i don't want this to be pleasing let's make this really uncomfortable for people so yeah it's quite it's quite interesting and i i think you know gone into the realm of tv like one of my favorite soundtracks is the utopia soundtrack that's because the utopia um cristobal tapia divi divia it's some you introduced me to that composer (laughs) thought it was having a stroke for a second (laughs) thank you (laughs) cristobal tapia divia um he's a very very good composer he done um he done the soundtrack for humans I think it was Channel 4. Did he do Dirk Gently as well? He done Dirk yeah. Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. He He's a composer that I feel like, while he might dabble in similar things, it's more his brand. No, well, that's the thing is... that that, that You've summed it up perfectly. Because he's there. got that... Yeah, that's, that's that different. That's completely different. He's got this... Like, all of his music has that creep vibe, that really strange, disconnected mm-hmm. feel. Uh, the Utopia soundtrack is a prime example of that because it's a big uh, political thriller. 
like it's a, a conspiracy thriller and it, it, and what the music of utopia tries to do is it tries to make you feel uncomfortable when you watch it mm. at least that's what i feel when i watch it it's like you'll see a character just stare blankly into the camera but you'll have this and it will just linger and when action's happening the music is very distorted like it's it's it almost like it doesn't fit but it fits yeah it's when when you showed me it um and we watched the scene in the in the office where the guy in the yellow suit um like murders someone and the music plays it off routine like that was what stood out to me it was it's played it off routine like this is perfectly normal to him and that's what made it creepy to me was like the visuals were so brutal and this you know and the color was so colorful yeah yeah so. it re- yeah yeah it really stood out and the music's just telling you this is normal and it, you know yeah that has to be executed in it in a way that that doesn't contrast in a way that goes oh that's wrong it was just done so perfectly and yeah i, I remember watching that thinking oh that's I, I i was really drawn in i was I, I, on on the way back home after that i, I got it up on uh, youtube the whole thing it's it's incredible but again what he does uniquely with that is it's not so much as musical as typical scores are it's a lot of found sounds and samples of things mashed together to sound like music i think there's like a is it like a dog barking that keeps repeating in it or something and you know that that's like you're saying that's like a brand or um an image whereas in comparison to my problem with say a composer like brian tyler is he's doing what everything generically sounds like anyway you know that's not his unique sound that he's doing over and over again and that's why um the scores of things like utopia and uh humans they stand out because that's unique to that composer yeah um absolutely yeah i i, I tend to be drawn to soundtracks specifically because i don't listen to very many scores but the ones that i will listen to are the ones that tend to be a bit strange mm. <laughs> like um Doctor so strange <laughs> <laughs> but Ut- utopia is uh, by far my favorite score ever um he also does the music for Dirk Gently and that's kind of similar but it's it, it measures much more on the mysterious side of it not necessarily the whole routine side um, but um, yeah like is there anything that comes to mind for yourself when it comes to actual background sounds <laughs> so I think throughout this I've kind of brought up very obscure things like I haven't really like yeah like Guardians of the Galaxy it's not very no big no no I mean like um, <laughs> I don't know fucking uh, uh, what kid show was it that i mentioned i mentioned some either way one thing that i find interesting in terms of just the music of the film school of rock mm. because you've got a mix of um kind of original music in the actual film itself and then you've got like it's kind of inspiration music in like the forms of acdc and that kind of thing Deep playing purple. in the background exactly yeah some films don't even rely on scores at all i don't mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't, usually they are comedies that don't really rely on a score yeah specifically. well um some of depends them on depends on the comedy there are films that don't have scores and strange thinking about it my mind's gone blank but there definitely are there some that stood out to me before uh i have a think <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's y- you know y- Daddy Daker, that's the one I was going to say. Oh, oh, yeah. oh back to Daddy Daker, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Uh, what about yourself, Tyler? 
you obviously you said primarily music is more your thing, but is and obviously you mentioned Avengers films and things like that. Just if anything particularly stands it, because as you say, I think it's quite hard sometimes to find music that really stands it. Well, yeah. for me personally, because mm-hmm. like I'll, I think four or five might come to mind where I'm just like, oh yeah, I would listen to that myself. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, a quiet place that has no music, as far as I'm aware. It does have some, doesn't it? I've not seen it. I've just been told. <laughs> what am I thinking of? Oh, I might be thinking of the Silence, that um, Netflix ripoff. Um, that does it well, because that's obviously a similar scenario where it's like you've got to be quiet. Um, and they obviously built a lot of tension through the through the score. Quite, I mean, trademark through horror, really. Like horror's known for it. Like it gets quite cheap as well. Like sometimes they rely on the score to create jump scares. I watched a terrible film um, on Netflix called um, Selfie from Hell. Uh, uh, it's it's worth a watch, but don't expect anything great. It's 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 just ridiculous. Um, Did they do that thing where they dropped a silence before giving you a jump scare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On on the most ridiculous things, like you know, something will pop up on a phone and like jump scare. It's like a message popping up on a phone. Doodly doo. I think that yeah. was I think that was one thing that I said to you. I was like, please, for the love of fuck, like, because I've never asked somebody to make music before. I don't even know the first thing about it, but please, this is kind of like a horror film. But please, whatever you do, do not <laughs> do not pretend that there's a jump scare. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. Th- that always bothers me because you know it's going to happen I think I went to see Paranormal Activity was renowned for it because yeah. you would you would hear the yeah, and then yeah. it would stop and then you were like yeah, yeah. oh look scares yeah, like yeah. <laughs> like you, you could literally time it there's a film I'm trying to think of and I remember it as having no music throughout the whole film and then there's a piece of music at the end and then it's like it you know, it gives it context, and I just can't remember at all. I mean, that's the most useful, useless comment ever. I know people said that. Is it The Office that that happens in? Something like The Office, where there's no music played through it, and you've been with the characters, and then they get to the end, and then there is one bit of music. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 that does does work. So there is no music throughout The Office, uh, Mm. The Office US, and then at the very end, you've got Nick Elms singing um, Sarah McLaughlin, I Will Remember You. Um, So you've got music throughout it, but it's usually diegetic it's bands it's stuff happening it's stuff they play um but towards the very end you have ed helms playing i nearly said nick helm that would have been a completely completely different thing but no you had ed helms singing um i will remember you and originally it plays on the guitar and then it kind of breaks off into you know you see all these memories happen and you hear it kind of non-diegetically and, and that's the first time you've heard non-diegetic yeah. music other than the you do get intro th- credits you get it with um when uh jim and pam are listening to there's a song and it's a it's a snow patrol song i can't remember which one but they're listening is to it, it chasing on cars? Eyes. i don't think it's chasing cars i feel like it's uh maybe open your eyes run one of them it could be chasing cars but like they put the earphones in they listen to it that's one of the only times you hear the music but it's like it's so powerful, but because, especially it's, in it's, a show it's like The Office. borderline diegetic, because they're still listening yeah, to it. Yeah. It is, yeah. So. I'll t- I tell you what I've seen recently that was good for music. And I think you might be interested in this, because it's, it's your kind of thing. Because um, Tyler has a thing has a, a massive affinity for long takes in, in films and TV shows. Um, and I've recently watched Black Summer. I've recommended that to Tyler. But of course, when you've got something like Black Summer that relies a lot on having to be quiet in these situations because you're stealthing past all these zombies 
and it's very long takes what's the only thing tool that you can really use there the music mm-hmm. and they use the use of silence perfectly in that because mm-hmm. they'll drop it down for like an entire 10 minute sequence with mm-hmm. just one take and then in the next take another 10 minute long one that's upbeat and fast paced you've got the music playing and it just it's a perfect balance i think yeah i mean i think as all things should be as all <laughs> things should be it does put a smile on my face i feel that <laughs> i feel personally like it's quite difficult it's quite difficult sometimes when you're watching i think some of my favorite scenes ever are like scenes like in reservoir dogs like when really um, grim no, scenes no, are happening yeah. and really happy music plays mm-hmm. i think i remember saying something like that um to you james when you i did, was yeah. saying oh yeah we want the music to not necessarily be normal like mm-hmm. we want it to almost feel like it, it creeps you out but it creeps you out because it's not dramatic enough mm-hmm. i think that was kind of what we you were... you and when you said that to me you um you said similarly to like how claire de lune does yeah. and it was at that point that i was then thinking um well that music is at the beginning and the end of the film and you know it's playing towards the the main character in that and that's when i thought well that let's go with that then and if we're talking about um the main character elliot and he's like you know this psychopath and i thought well then let's write his music on piano and that was with his theme and i did this thing where i went uh, through the score of claire de lune and took a part of it and changed it into in your film it's in d major so i changed it to d minor and then uh this little phrase in it and that was what would keep repeating to tell you about his character whenever he turned up and that's what i took with that it was like you know instead of you know whenever he's on screen and big menacing music and whatever you know just you know have this little piano phrase yeah this little this little piano phrase and you know i think it gives that it gives him more character then you know it gives him a little bit more depth um almost like perspective on uh why he's like he is yeah elliot was actually based on tyler if you (laughs) say yeah um no but like what you were saying about the um reservoir dogs thing i do i always I, I do love it like when a film does do that and does it successfully like there's a fine line between you know messing that up Quentin Tarantino is well. renowned for it like but then Dexter even, you does get that um, as well who? Dexter so Dexter's obviously you know he pretends to be a normal bloke yeah, so but really uh, he's in uh, his laboratory doing all sorts <laughs> of stuff <laughs> no no but for real Dexter obviously he's a serial killer but he, he pretends to be a normal bloke so often well, if to he's killing someone that, all you need to do is think about the introduction theme. have you ever seen Dexter no have you ever seen Dexter no. Right, so Dexter is a serial killer, and the theme song for the film is originally scored. It's its own thing, but it's this really happy, everyday sort of Italian esque thing. Like, but while he's doing this, he's getting like it's him doing his morning routine. That's the title credits. But when you know that he's a killer, it's, what you actually yeah. realise is that introduction just shows you that he's just like us. <laughs> like, yeah. So essentially, the, really the concept of Dexter is that he, he's a serial killer who yeah, runs yeah. a perfectly normal life, working in a police precinct, and he only ever kills ba- like people who deserve yeah. to be killed. Oh, people and, who he says deserves yeah, to be so killed. Not everyone deserves to be killed by him, but you know. So there's a lot of the times where he will kill, kill someone. There's something quite, pa- quite positive he's playing, because realistically, he's killing a paedophile or uh, a rapist or something. 
and it, I think that's just a really weird dynamic to similarly play. in have you ever seen American Psycho yeah I've seen mm-hmm. American yeah Psycho. I've seen that and um, the golf yeah. club scene like the music playing over that no, is no, quite no no but in the scene where um, when he first invites I can't remember his, what his friend's name is but he invites him to the house and the house is covered in all the plastics yeah. to make sure the furniture yeah. doesn't get stained in there his friend none the wiser he's just there sits down then he puts some tapes in and he's playing I think it's um uh, Huey Lewis and the news and he's oh, like yeah. oh I love the music and he starts talking through why this music's so fantastic mm-hmm. and it's just upbeat music and he's explaining how it makes him feel so good and meanwhile he's walking around he walks behind the chair that his friend sat down he just picks up an axe and just starts bashing out hello mm-hmm. with a massive smile yeah, on his yeah. face absolutely loving it and I think that's where the music works so well like subverting it but there is a fine line between doing that and then um, you know like fucking up yeah. you know yeah. i mean i also plays on it with james said obviously about how music should make you uncomfortable happy or just any emotion and that's Morning. what that does what yeah. that what that music does is it makes you feel like <laughs> you're sort of like this guy's a bit crazy he likes this music a bit too much what is happening and then as he starts to take axe his friend while this music's playing it is the most psychotic thing to do yeah to be like because you're the you're the polar opposite of yeah. the situation like I think it, it speaks to his obsession as well and the and it, without out rightly going you know he has this problem with killing people it's you know it's represented through how he speaks about music yeah. and you know um, in other ways and then the music does that as well I know this is quite a, a niche example of that but think about how many crime like dramas you've seen where you know, in every crime drama, there is a scene where someone is killed, a runner, in a park, right? And when they discover the body, you can hear the music playing from the MP3 player they had on. And it's usually something positive, then it, the camera pans and it's a dead body. Mm. Like, that's a really, like, a, like, that's an example of that that I think of. Like, yeah. And I think that usually does it quite well. Yeah, I mean, it's always, I kind of get annoyed with the cliche sometimes, because it, it just seems to be like happy music always means sad times. Like I don't know, yeah. I don't know what it is. It became a bit of a cliche, but I do, I do enjoy it when it's done right. Um, as I say, Tarantino does it really well because he just goes balls to the wall with it, like he does not care. Um, but yeah, I feel um, like often it reflects like the character. So you've got in um, Sherlock when Moriarty arrives off the helicopter and he steps off, and you hear "I want to break free" playing as he's like just half dancing to it, and he's absolutely loving it. And then, but like you know th- that's typically like you know it's a happy quite happy song cause it's queen's upbeat and stuff and while i think you could argue oh it's been used for the villain so it's subverting it i think it's also the case that he thinks oh, i'm fucking fantastic mm-hmm. you know so well, he, he does, does. It from his his yeah. perspective like i mean if you if you've if you've seen sherlock you know that he thinks he's the best yeah. thing since he's but he does he not care <laughs> like knows not thinks <laughs> knows no, he, he, he thinks because <laughs> he knows <laughs> him knowing that would imply that everyone agrees which we do i suppose but <laughs> yeah he's always given really upbeat music and that version of moriarty is where that show died sadly because they could never top him mm-hmm. and then it was after that when i think they went to season three and season four where they started to make their villains have more menacing music and then it was just like well this is just like any other villain mm-hmm. yeah. do you know what i mean it's like um if you look into the context of like animation have you all seen uh, batman return of the joker no. It's Batman of the Future and the Joker comes back. Yeah? No? No? Cool. That does that in a weird way as well, whereas it goes for really dramatic music when the Joker gets shot. He gets shotted and died. 
like shot it and died. But um, how they do the music around that is almost it's the same way the Joker's music is always done in any kind of computer game or anything. There's always that maniacal laugh, like yeah. that's not coming from the Joker. It's just it's like it's almost funfair esque mm. stuff. Um, another example is have you ever played? You probably not. Have you ever played Bioshock Infinite no. or any Bioshock game ever? Yeah, I think I've actually first. played like the first hour or so of Bioshock Infinite. I was actually about to bring up video games because I think video games can't really rely on soundtracks per se. They're nearly all scores. Mm-hmm. Mate, this score for the Pokemon Center. Bang it. <laughs> I'm going to break that with one with one statement and I think we can all agree the introduction to the Spider-Man game. Yeah. When he's when he jumps oh, out the okay, window yeah. and the music still plays yeah. while you continue on that is a great scene because yeah. yeah. it, it makes you feel like you were always just part see that, that scene yeah. will always mean something to me because that was the first game I played on the PS4 or on a video game console for like six years I got that that was the first game I put in and that scene was my first welcome back to gaming I will always remember that scene and that music it's fucking great it's just so Spider-Man mm. yeah. Like, it is, yeah it's like they, they've done again Spider-Man's a really good example for that um, again um with the amazing spider-man 2 not particularly great film and not particularly great soundtrack but what they tried to go for that they tried to put a band together for it really um uh they got uh johnny marr from the smiths uh and uh pharrell williams and they tried to think about <laughs> because who doesn't listen to pharrell and the smith and yeah, 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 yeah. Like, i thought you were explaining the next lot of judges for the voice <laughs> <laughs> But, but they, their idea is, is in, that, in concept, it's a great idea. Um, and it did work to some aspect, is they were trying to say, how can we write a score that reflects Peter Parker as a, as a character? And, you know, they, they showed how out of touch they were when they went to dubstep. And that's how they reflected Electro. But um, the, the scene where, um, the, at the start, some, there's a few times in that film where it works and it does stick out to me is, you know, it's got this um, theme on the trumpets instead of the horns, and that tends to be where you would write a heroic theme, not on, on trumpets. And that sticks out for Spider-Man because it sounds almost like um, a news theme, like an, like <laughs> when you're starting to listen to the news, yeah. but that's Peter Parker, he works at the Daily Bugle. And then there's almost like, you know, there's a, there is like a rock band element to it. And that, that, that the start of that film is probably where the music is good and dies off later on but I, I i find that quite again it's 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 a interesting i can't remember why i started speaking about that is there a <laughs> is it is it spider-man one or spider-man two when he plays basketball with flash oh uh either way whichever one that is i think that really sums up you mean uh the sam raimi films no um spider-man two the amazing 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 spider-man two or amazing spider-man one it, uh, Flash throws the basketball across the court, hits the goal with the paint. I think he starts toying think, with him. I think it's the first one. It, I think yeah. the music for that's going like represents Parker well because it's yeah, really I, yeah. jovial and playful. Yeah. While at the same time, he's obviously just having a good time with it. Yeah, I think, but it, as a whole, it was done. Um, the the I mean, I love what Danny Elfman did with the Sam Raimi films. They were, I mean, that is some of my favorite hero music ever written if anything the only problem with those scores is there isn't there's not that aspect to it which is the what part of this music represents peter parker in terms of music mm. and they didn't do that not that it's it, it, when we're comparing scores i would danny elfman scores for the original two films 
are by far the best ones for me but you know if it was to be for me considered some of the best scores ever it would be to bring in that aspect they did in the later spider-man films i always find films based around music it's interesting how they'll use music so like um so, rock. well no not necessarily so like take... have you ever seen um where was that metallica film it was a Metallica film, and underneath it there was there was a storyline, and you had Dane Dehan who played a runner for Metallica, and he had to go do this mad stuff. But while the music's playing in the stadium, there's anarchy in the streets, and the music is still being played in the stadium, but he has to deal with all this stuff okay. that's happening while he's away, and there's just chaos everywhere. Like it's really interesting yeah. there was people that didn't like it but it was really just a metallica live show yeah. but the actual like things that were happening while this music was playing was it was so it, it was so much fun like think, that is a so prime metallica yeah think so of, metallica. Um, straight out of compton yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say you got like straight out of compton and it's interesting because it'll use music of a similar genre but not necessarily music by nwa but then it would also of course feature the nwa music and then you've got eight mile eight mile features some eminem music of course but then it will you know the, the actual the soundtrack itself you've got nas you've got d12 obi trice jay-z you've got a bunch of people who aren't anything to do with the film but they seem to they they just tie it in so well it seems seamless despite yeah. the film being centered around music it, it create it makes it topical it, 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 because it's it's music that either you know say for example with um straight out compton is music that either inspired nwa or was inspired by nwa or people who are fans of nwa would be a fan of yeah. it just it makes it relevant almost it definitely helps market a film when you've got things like again um the guardians films or um even films i i like i say with suicide squad wasn't a particularly great film but that soundtrack did really well some of the songs on that soundtrack you know were very successful and it can bring more people to a film uh yeah uh, that was it black panthers uh, i think is one of the best examples of where they've had a soundtrack um that's uh, the songs on it people know and have done really well and then you know it's it serves the success of the film as a whole i always find it interesting when they'll in that sense they'll revive songs so like straight out of compton you know um songs like fuck the police came you know you, every, true, everyone's yeah. listening to it again it, despite this song coming out what was it late 80s uh, early 90s and all of a sudden it's back in the charts you know yeah. got the guardians film yeah so many people are familiar with those songs or jersey boys guardians. the jersey yeah. boys like that wasn't really a majorly known film but it did kind of revise like Frankie Valli and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff as well. Well, uh, most recently Bohemian Rhapsody, the, you know, Queen's music. The yeah. Beatles one will do the same. Yeah. Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, it seems to be very popular right now to do musical biopics. Yeah, it is. It's. Uh, it Can't seems... wait for the Michael Jackson one. <laughs> it's called it's called Daddy Doker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, if you don't like Daddy Daycare, you can watch you can <laughs> watch Leaving Neverland. <laughs> See, thing is, he's quite good with music as well. There's a lot of A minor in there. <laughs> Incredible. No, there was a lot of him in A minor. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> oh yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Can we, can we say save that? yourself? It's fine. It's fine. He's dead. It doesn't matter. You never know. Uh, yes, yeah, so... It's not like you can dislike the podcast. 
Not big fan, they can. <laughs> they won't be listening. Please save this, James. <laughs> yeah, it, it has become quite a trend at the moment. I think a particular trend, that, that I touched on it a bit earlier, is um, using a song for a trailer for a film to, to you know, to sell a film. And it's been it's done been done quite well but it's also become you know a bit of uh i don't know if a joke is a good word for it but because they obviously still intend for it to you know they're not intending it to be a joke but the latest sonic the hedgehog trailer it had um gangsters paradise that yeah, was called yeah. made no sense really <laughs> other than it was a i don't know i think the only tie in it's someone's explained it to me is that it came out in the 90s like sonic <laughs> <laughs> so so i think it's just becoming a bit overused now and people are becoming a little bit desaturized to it but there was a point where you know subliminally that's a difficult word that you would um become invested in a trailer because you like the song or you know you recognize the song i mean that's what everyone thought with suicide squad you know, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Everyone yeah. was absolutely ready. The one I'll always remember, like, I cannot for the life of me remember the name of the song, but I'll always oh, remember the song sorry. itself. The song that plays over um, Harley Quinn. When she's doing, like, backflips in the fucking cage. Oh, it's, 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 I'll, I'll level with you. My ears weren't working. Is that, that um, You Don't Own Me? Yeah. Yeah. That's a song I'll always remember from Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Can, can, can we please think about when they used Hurt for Logan? like that was incredible yeah that that's (laughs) that's a very good example though of when it worked for a trailer um i love that film actually i keep forgetting it exists (laughs) because so many superhero films but i i really i really love that film and that was a perfect way to advertise it in that um in that trailer i think it's like it's the idea of a song that just summed it up it's like you know logan done like like look I'm the first to give the original X-Men a lot of fucking stick but one thing they did well was the music I never really listened to one of those like X-Men films like any of the X-Men films and thought this song doesn't really work the, the original X-Men cartoon the did theme. it with the music that, that, was, my, that, was, yeah. my, that was my ringtone wow. for like two yeah. months ah well the original Spider-Man theme no it's became a thing (laughs) well that was a good thing about Homecoming is because it's now back with Marvel they were able to do an arrangement of the original theme for the very start of the film Um, I thought that was cool but it was the only part of the soundtrack I liked and they also do it in the trailer for Far From Home yeah yeah Yeah, they do it in the trailer as well they're they're making it a big thing they are branding Spider-Man once more do you reckon they'll have like an Asian woman on the streets in New York with a violin (laughs) (laughs) yeah Where's he gone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, they Please did Please finish that impression. And they did it in the amazing Spider-Man films. It was his ringtone, which I think was a terrible oh, idea. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, it's weird how they do it. And I mean, I think Marvel are going to get away with murder with it. I think they're just going to... get away with what? They're going to get away with murder. Thanks. They absolutely are. Because this is the thing. Like, If Sony done it, we were always like, what is Sony doing? But now if Marvel does it, no one cares. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Who's going to step on Marvel's toes? Who's going to sit there and go, Marvel, I think you should have just maybe withheld that. Yeah. I, mean? I mean, no one can. With Disney there, like it's like it's like the kid who's like, oh yeah, I'll get my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marvel, but like somebody turns into Kevin Feige, Feige and says, oh, I didn't like that. And he's like, ah, <laughs> Daddy <Whoa."> Disney's. Yeah. <laughs> Walt Disney walks in. <laughs> frozen just as frozen head <laughs> yeah well my dad's more rich than yours <laughs> uh, but I mean I mean j- j- just turned around up I mean 
obviously we spoke about Doctor Who quite a bit, but you know, you 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 said that your favorite television soundtrack is Doctor Who. Yeah, it's the fifth season. Um, because any it goes back to the idea. We I don't know if we spoke about it in this one or the last one about how something might not necessarily be the best at what it is, but it resonates with you for a particular reason. And if we're talking about the Doctor Who scores in particular, I'd say when it comes to the best one was probably season four. It was very ambitious and the way it was orchestrated and arranged was you know on par with some of the hollywood films you know it started to resemble star wars to some extent which you know really put give it that hollywood image and vibe but with season five it they they realized the show was changing in fact the show completely changed different actors different people working on the show but it was the same composer and he did a good balance of keeping the same ideas, but it became like, it changed from um, sci-fi epic music to fantasy music. Um, it did start to sound a bit like Danny Elfman to some extent. And um, it was, yeah, it just, the, the whole sound of the 11th hour, the, the music in that episode, I just love it. And it, you know, it has remnants throughout the rest of the series and, you know, references. And my favourite piece of music, almost in whole, but definitely in Doctor Who, is The Madman with a Box. And that's used from that point onwards, even with Capaldi sometimes, um, to represent the Doctor's relationship with the TARDIS and also, you know, him seen as this, as the title is, just this crazy person that just goes wherever he likes. It's, it, it is beautiful. Um, and also, yeah, it... it especially with a tv show on the bbc that is somewhat limited when let's say you compare it to hbo with game of thrones or you know the walking dead at the time was pretty big and the budgets they have on that it's little things like the music that can help notch it up to the same level what i find interesting and i say interesting it's about me <laughs> so, <laughs> so it might not be interesting um, to others of uh, course <laughs> like like i like i was saying you know so um you have a lot of um, a, a lot of the music that I'll I'll think will fit a film. So like the kind of music I'd want to put into a film is often the music that's not too lyrically centered. So despite me saying you know oh definitely you know I'm gonna opt for songs and stuff over a score, we have I don't know if you're familiar with like Bonnevere music, and um, so it's quite mm. uh, it's quite it's all, it's it's categorized like indie folk kind of music. Okay. It's um, you know, he's, there might not be many lyrics at all to his songs, or maybe some um, Radiohead, uh, like early Radiohead again. There's not much to that, and that's very. Like, um, do, do you know who Trent Reznor is? No, of Nine Inch Nails fame. Oh, okay, I know. I um, know the. He Nine Inch Nails, he yeah. used to start kind of going off on tangents where he was industrial metal, but he would st he would move away from lyrics and focus more on the sound. Okay, so that's yeah. kind so of it's like quite what, yeah. ambient. Yeah, and it's like, but that's definitely the kind that I'd centre around. That's why I feel like there is um as much as you may not think it all the time, like myself, it it does sort of all tie into one category. Mm. You know, we may we may try and say a score and soundtrack, but so often people might choose them because of oh a score might almost it might almost have a, a beat to it that almost implies it's got lyrics you know that would fit lyrics perfectly and you might have a song that has very few lyrics and I, I just feel like the venn diagrams almost become one eventually yeah, yeah i mean uh, it's kind of reminds me um the see there's almost like a misconception with film scores that it's a genre of music which i don't think suits it quite well um I think film scores are more of an industry because I think it's I I wouldn't p 
put Hans Zimmer and John Williams in the same genre of music. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of as broad as pop music. It's like saying, you know, uh, putting Justin Bieber in the same category as the Beatles or something. You know, they're very different types of music, but they're both pop music. But that's more to do with the time. Whereas I think with, when you're talking about uh, film scores, it's it's more of an industry within that there are genres of different types of film scores whereas for me some people love Hans Zimmer I think he's a very good composer but I would rather listen to something done by Giacchino, John Williams, uh, James Horner, um, Danny Elfman that are much more uh, symphonic than you know relying on electronic and samples but they just feel like different genres to me um, and I, that, I feel like that's a bit of a misconception. People seem to lump it all in yeah. together and that can make you feel like you're discrediting people that are actually quite talented at what they do. I'm not saying for a second Hans Zimmer's not a talented composer. He's very talented at what he does, but there's a matter of taste yeah. that comes into it. Well, what a lovely discussion this has been. Yeah. Speaking of which, on that note, um, before we wrap up and stuff, um, is there any particular soundtracks that are coming up for any shows or anything that you're kind of interested in because I'm no. I am really interested in the Watchmen soundtrack that's coming out because it's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross that's doing that and that's going to be quite interesting because they done Bud Box um, before the flood they've done like loads of different things and they mm. work together quite a lot and their new project is HBO's Watchmen so provided that Watchmen will be better than the previous season of Game of Thrones. I think it will be all right. <laughs> and the soundtrack is in good hands, in my my opinion, because I love Trent Reznor's music. Um, and ma, ma, the, um, what would you? It's not a horror. It's not a psychological thriller. I I was I was really thinking of the Andrew Marshall. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you you've seen the trailer for Mar James. Yeah, I have, and it does look very very good, but yeah. it is like it almost feels like a Jordan Peele horror film. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing. I it's mean, not, it's not I a bad mean, thing. I nearly mentioned Get Out earlier. Get Out for the score that I've heard from what I've heard of the score for Get Out, like I do really enjoy that. I just wrote an essay about Jordan Peele and Get Out. Mm. Um what and I, I it's an interesting score like they um he said to the composer i can't remember the composer's name he said to him you know he wanted the music to represent um the struggles of slavery and you know represent that through voices and he wanted african voices and he said he wanted that specifically and then the composer i can't remember the composer's name he said that it was much better, even though he wanted to do it African to be, you know, like, you know, with the film. But he changed it to Suwali uh, because it sounded much more musical and it suited the musical, the, the music much better. Um, the, the, the score is really interesting for that film. I, you know, I like what Jordan Peele's done with those films. They're, they're quite interesting. I mean, I, I just like them as films, but the music on top, like, it's just a, a nice little added extra, I think. Like, Us, Us wouldn't have been the film it was if Without, it didn't have that yeah, music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. Because Jordan, Jordan Peele um, does make a point, even in his trailers, making a point that sound is very important. Um, 
you know, so I, you know, I like I like his work. As wasn't exactly my favourite, but he's doing the Twilight Zone now, so that's okay. Mm. Which, okay. which is fucking fantastic. Um, so we can only hope that that goes well. I mean, I suppose. I suppose when you talk about the sound in anything, like you could go around in circles and you could say, "Ah, oh, you know, you know, I've never went and seen a film and actually listened to the soundtrack," because yeah. as as you say, you're not really supposed to. Like, oh uh, yeah, it, it's it's if you like film scores and soundtracks, they're there for you. You can listen to them, but the point of them is not to be music that's listened to. You know, it's part of a film. You know, but at the same time, there are people that enjoy it. I enjoy it, listening to it, and it does work for some people. So it's it's all down to what you want out of it. Yeah, preference. Yeah. Um, but the the bottom line, like I say, is it needs to serve the film first. Like I say, you're never going to get your music out on a soundtrack for people to listen to if it doesn't work with the film. That's got to come first. It's like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say these words. It's like the Great British Bake Off, <laughs> because okay, the, the, let's the, go with this. What, <laughs> hear me out. What they make is that like the primary purpose of you know making something is like for it to be eaten and enjoyed and everything. And you take it, you're just it, and it's meant to just seem seamless. It looks perfect and everything. Mm. You know, it has the presentation there, and you'll think this looks great. You'll eat it, think this tastes great. But then you get the judges who will be there, and they'll take it apart. You know, they'll cut it open, have a look at the inside, see, you know. Let us test the sponge. You know, so this is, is where, it moist? Yeah, is it moist? Um, and <laughs> this is a perfect analogy, but I don't know where it came from. But um, yeah, you know, you can take it apart and you can enjoy thinking, oh, this is how this was done. This was done correctly. This wasn't. But ideally, it's just their presentations there. You eat it, it's great. Yeah, if if you like look and take it apart and it's all really interesting, but if you eat the cake and it tastes awful, then what's the point? Yeah. Have, have your cake no and session. eat it. <laughs> I think that's the analogy of this episode. Yeah. Have your cake and eat it. Well, if that's if that's all we've got to say about sounds and music and all of that. Oh, we didn't mention the sound of music. You just did. No, there we go. There we go. Wonderful. That's done. Done. Like three out of three. But yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and talking about it and talking about preferences and that kind of thing thanks James for giving your insight because I think you've given Sorry. a lot of insight sure <laughs> yeah. I tried anyway so that's absolutely wonderful so yeah brilliant um, thank you very much for listening and what well I was I was waiting for the end Oh, sorry. You were just staring at me again and I got really troubled <laughs> for on. I thought is he staring at me again is turn he his mic off. no it's, it's no it's no his voice I'm scared of it's his eyes like, his eyes terrifying me No, but thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it and we will catch you next time.